0: listening to what she said a podcast about blogging creativity and life online hosted by me Lucy Leucraft a freelance journalist and blogger based in Brighton hello how are you oh i'm so excited about recording this episode because this week i'd made the decision kind of earlier in the week i think it was actually monday i just wanted to do a solo episode and um, i've been really behind with editing um I just thought hey i haven't done a solo episode in a while not since Podmus it was probably time to bring it back. Okay, so first things first, and before I jump in, I just wanted to share that I've got a really, really great free PDF, uh, 5 Ways SEO Can Help Your Blog or Business. The link will be in the show notes. So just head there and you can download the PDF. It's completely free. Um, But it gives you a little bit of a taster of what to expect on my SEO course and maybe why you want to think about SEO a little bit. And the other thing is that the SEO course is available for another week. If you listen to the passive income episode with Milu, we talked a lot about how you can monetize your blog with a small following and all the different tips and tricks that you can do to create a revenue stream from affiliate marketing. But the backbone of that is SEO. You can definitely have a small following and make money from affiliates, but you need to have a good understanding of seo and that's one of the things that we talked about that's one of the reasons why i created the course and why i kind of really love seo i know a lot of people find it really boring and find it to be a real pain and stress about it because it feels like there's a lot to do brilliant thing about seo is that it's a complete democracy you don't have to game the system yes there's an algorithm <laughs> of course there's an algorithm and we talk about algorithm but it It's not like an Instagram algorithm that feels a little bit more flighty. You can see results if you implement these basic principles of SEO. Um, And I'm not going to promise you that by the end of the course, you will know how to get your views up to 3 million just by doing two simple things or just by downloading the Yoast plugin. That's, That's not what the course is about. And if that's what you want, then it's definitely not for you. But you'll feel more confident. You'll feel that you know the things that you can take or leave from SEO, the things that you can tweak on your blog post and the things that you can just not worry about too much. So if you do want to sign up before I close the cart again, you've got another week and you can just go to lucy lucroft at teachable.com or .teachable.com or you can just go to my blog. Um, the link is also in the show notes. If you join the What She Said Facebook group, there is a discount code in there to get 20% off the course, um, which I'm going to leave up until the end of today. So if you're listening to the podcast the day it goes out, which is Monday, the 24th of September, um, the code will still be live and that will make it 20% off. £100. <laughs> Just under £100, I think. I'm out of breath now. So I popped a and a in my facebook group and on instagram asked you guys if you had any questions for me Um, and i'm just going to go through and try and answer them as best i can but to set the scene for you i am still i'm just sat in my bedroom um in bed with a fur coat on it's really warm outside well it's really sunny but it's cold it's that kind of fresh weather do you know what i mean Yes. Okay. I'm going to get into the questions now. So I've saved them all in my phone. Let's get into the questions. Okay. So the first question is from Monica Stott. She says, I'd love to know more about being a vegan. What made you decide to go vegan? Where do you go for recipe ideas? How do you feel physically since going vegan? Does it ever affect your social life? So there's a few questions about, actually, I think there's only two questions about being vegan here. So I think I'll cover them both. Um, Okay, so the reason that I decided to go vegan, um, I was vegetarian on and off most of my life, basically. Um, And then before I got married, I decided to go vegan. I can't really remember why. I guess it just felt like it aligned with my values. Um, And that was probably about five years ago. Yeah, so I've been married for two and a half years. Uh, no, it wasn't five years ago. It was about three, three, four years ago. Four years ago that I first went vegan. Um, one of the main reasons for being vegetarian when I was younger was um, animal cruelty. I've always been a massive animal lover. I love them. Um, and I've had lots of pets. um, and I don't know, I've just always been very passionate about animal cruelty, as in passionate about not being cruel to animals. (laughs) I'm not passionate about (laughs) the cause of being cruel to animals. You know what I mean. So that was my initial reason, nothing to do with health at all. Um, And I think probably when I first went vegetarian, it just was (sighs) maybe something that, Just people did as as a teenage girl, I don't know I do remember nobody taking it seriously I don't know if anybody else has this experience but I do remember when I went vegetarian my mum, my dad, nobody like, kind of nobody took it seriously, they didn't offer to make vegetarian food or if we went out to eat nobody kind of said, let's not go to McDonald's or for kebab because when I was younger my dad's Arabic um and kebabs are like not a junk food in Egypt you wouldn't have a kebab after going out and getting hammered so when I was growing up we would have a kebab like as a treat or whatever as a takeaway so it was really weird when I got to about 15 16 or whatever and 2am <laughs> after going out people would go <laughs> to a kebab place the same kebab place that I went with my family at <laughs> the weekend anyway, side note um, yeah, so I do remember feeling like that when I was younger and nobody took it seriously and also there was a lot of resistance throughout my life I remember a friend saying that <laughs> she didn't like me when I was vegetarian <laughs> um, not, she wasn't saying it in a mean way it was funny anyway um, but the probably now and the reason that I wanted to take it a step further and be vegan was because of the environmental factors um I if you want to know more about the reasons that I became vegan there's a podmas episode um which I'll link to in the show notes and I think there's also a blog post about why I decided to go vegan um which tells I go into the the details and the kind of facts and figures behind why uh, why I'm vegan um, but basically animal agriculture is the leading cause of climate change and um, rainforest, defore- rainforest deforestation well actually all deforestation um, it's the reason why so many species are now extinct or on the brink of extinction um It's the reason, um, one of the reasons why (laughs) so much of the world lives in food poverty. Um, It's one of the leading causes, uh, the leading drains on our water. That's actually an unintentional pun. No, it's not really a pun. Um, And I don't believe that there is any humane way to kill an animal i know uh one of the things that i get a lot if i say i'm vegan is that people will respond by by telling me how what their food kind of choices are and normally they'll say oh i only eat meat this much or i eat meat but i only eat organic meat or i eat meat from a local farm or you know and i know that animals are well looked after and um, and I don't have a judgment on what other people eat, but to, in my opinion and from my research, there is, there is no humane way to kill an animal. Um, and the dairy industry in particular is incredibly cruel. Um, I personally don't believe that we are meant to drink milk that's made for a baby cow... Or a baby goat, or anything, um, and I've never been a big milk drinker anyway, so that wasn't much of a hardship for me, but, yeah, I think, yeah, for all those reasons, I decided to go vegan. Um, where do I go for recipe ideas? So this ties in with another question I got, which is, uh, actually, that's kind of a different question, but I'll add it on, so, where do I go for recipe ideas? And Ruth Pound White asked, as a vegan junk food addict, because Ruth is vegan as well, um, the junk food means lots of packaging. Any advice about the. Actually, she didn't call herself a vegan junk food addict, but I think I paraphrased. <laughs> Any advice about that from a low waste perspective? Um, so one of my other values and my ways of life, I guess, is that I try and live a low waste, or I do live a low waste lifestyle, and I try and be as low impact and tread as lightly on the planet as possible. Um, and that means reducing my food waste and reducing just waste in general, reducing recycling, reducing everything. So where do I go for recipe ideas and how do I manage to eat delicious junk food or I'll say junk food it's not really but yeah processed food I suppose yeah and like comfort food and stuff like that um without using lots and lots of packaging so I sometimes do have stuff with packaging in um I'm okay with that I just keep it as minimal as possible but My best tip, if you're a vegan who likes junk food, which I am one, definitely, is to buy the Hot For Food Vegan Comfort Classics Cookbook by Lauren Toyota. It is amazing. So she does use some stuff that's packaged. um, Tofu, for example. I have not been able to find that in bulk anywhere, but I buy... Um, tofu by a company called T-O-F-O-O and they package in it's just, it comes in a cardboard outer and then actually it's doubly packaged, yeah that's not a very good suggestion but they make really really good tofu Um, yeah tofu is a nightmare because it normally comes in kind of that shrink-wrapped plastic which is not recyclable Um, but short of just not eating tofu at all I haven't found a good solution for it. Um and the local my local Asian supermarket doesn't really do tofu in a really big bulk. Um it's a bit tricky because once you open it you obviously have it has a shelf life. And you can freeze it, but um it doesn't cook very well afterwards, but yeah, I'm not really sure what to do about that. But uh one of the things that I might try doing is making my own seitan, which is pretty easy. So these are basically quite good junk food alternatives. Tofu, I fry up um, in kind of blocks and make burgers. Um, or, yeah, I don't know. It, I, yeah. I would really recommend that cookbook. Um, yeah, so it's called Vegan Comfort Classics, and it's by Lauren Toyota. And, um, yeah, it's just really yummy, delicious, dirty comfort food that is all vegan and... I find it just the best, the absolute best. And in terms of just recipe ideas in general, I, there's a few cookbooks that I've got. One, it, two are by Ornia Karlan, um, and it's called The New Vegan, and oh, I've forgotten the name of it. It was my first ever vegan cookbook, and I love it. It's completely splattered with sauce and stuff like that. Um, very well loved. Anya is on Instagram as well, she's got a really beautiful Instagram account so it's worth checking her out. But that's where I get my recipe ideas from. Um, I just got a new cookbook from that I picked up in Oxfam which feels like a bit of a bible. It's about 11 years old so it's quite old but um, it's one of those cookbooks that's not very pretty to look at but there's like every single recipe for anything you could ever want in there. Multiple times, like there's two two or three recipes for leek and potato soup um which is kind of mad <laughs> um how do i feel physically since going vegan um hmm to be honest and this is probably not going to be very popular but i kind of feel the same i don't i do sometimes see people on tv talking about the vegan life and saying oh i've just got so much more energy I feel so much better now that I live a completely plant-based lifestyle. But for me, the reality is that I don't only eat plants. I eat biscuits sometimes and I eat sugar and, um, I don't know. Or maybe I was pretty healthy. But yeah, I've always been fairly healthy. I've certainly never been massively unhealthy, probably not even at uni. So it hasn't... I don't suddenly feel like oh my god I'm amazing I could run a marathon I can still I still can't run 5k so (laughs) but yeah I certainly haven't lost weight or anything like that um does it ever affect my social life hmm not really I tell you the one thing that's a real pain is weddings (laughs) weddings and planes so two things you get the worst food. I went to... Over the past year, I've had about five weddings. And one of them... I think we were just vegetarian for it because the groom said, don't don't take the vegan option, it's disgusting. <laughs> so we had the veggie option. I think the food was alright. And then the... And then one wedding, the vegan food was actually amazing. It was really, really good. Yeah, shout out to Toby and Catherine. <laughs> Their wedding food was the shit. It was amazing. Um, but on a plane, good God. It's it's dire. It's dire straits. Um, so I don't think it really affects my social life, but it has a... F- yeah well I suppose that is my social life isn't it I certainly have never had any anyone say I you know I'll meet up with you but only if we go to McDonald's for example where there there really is no vegan option apart from hash browns I suppose um yeah so I don't know I haven't found it to be too difficult but I think it really really helps that my husband is vegan my baby's vegan yeah and I live in Brighton so I have a lot of choice in terms of restaurants and quite a lot of the restaurants that the kind of totally vegan restaurants we go to are just really popular places in Brighton and have been for a really long time so yeah it's not been a big deal for us. Okay, so next question is from Katie Sadler, who I think her handle is be nourished on Instagram, but apologies if i've got that wrong what what about what about what you're thinking as you move away from travel writing even if you're not hundred percent sure where you're headed yet um, so yes i Katie knows this because she's in my Facebook group and um, that's we have an honesty thread each week where we all get super honest and we tell each other like our struggles and and I I share three of the things that I'm kind of battling with this week or just things I want to get off my chest everybody else does the same it's a super supportive place it's amazing um and I realized that I'm just sick of holding on to the travel blogger identity which is where I started out in travel blogging and even how I got my first bylines and how I I got into travel journalism, uh, journalism was through travel writing um, and lesson, and I'm doing that less and less now it's not where my passion lies anymore um, so I think it's still a bit of a wobbly journey for me because I still haven't quite worked out who I am if I'm not a travel blogger but the funny thing is that I never felt massively comfortable identifying myself as a travel blogger either so yeah I feel more comfortable out of it than in if that makes sense um and I think Instagram has really made me realize who I am what content I like to share and create so I'm not sure where where I'm headed yet but I know I'm, I'm really happy writing about just the stuff in my life that I'm passionate about, which is, yeah, being vegan. I don't know if I'm passionate about being vegan, but I find it quite interesting to write about. Um, I love writing about Zero Waste um, and my journey there. And I really, really love writing kind of the more personal posts about life online, And I think probably, you know, as I continue to travel, I've got a couple of trips coming up this year. Um, I mean, by the end of this year, I will have been away five times. So (laughs) even though I'm like, oh, yeah, I never travel anymore. I mean, I think I still travel probably more than the average, (laughs) just not as much as I used to. So I will still write about travel, probably. Um, Laura... I'd love to know more about how to get started with zero waste, whether it's even possible with supermarket shopp- shopping and the best resources you use to help. Would be great. I'm really bad at reading these questions. I'm so sorry. So, yeah, get yourself with zero waste. I think the number one thing with zero waste is to take away the term zero waste, um, even if it's just in your mind, because it that's can feel so insurmountable that you just give up. Um, I think reframing it as just looking at the things that you, that produce the most waste in your household and then trying to change those piece by piece is easier. So for me, beauty products was a big one. Although I didn't really produce loads and loads of weight. Mm, actually, no, no, we did. Um, and food um nappies was a huge one and disposable wipes those two were biggies so I started off by changing those and then further as I got further into it and started switching out plastic as you know as well um I have then gone around the whole house and changed bits and pieces here and there but I still produce waste um and I'm just constantly striving to produce less so In terms of the best resources, um, Bea Johnson has her brilliant Zero Race Homebook, which is actually a really practical book. It's great. And she has a couple of TED Talks too, so you can just watch them for free on YouTube or on the TED.com website. Um, EcoBoost is a really great UK vlogger and blogger. Her name's Kate Arnell. And you might recognise her actually, because I think she was an MTV presenter. But, um, she's not vegan, which is an interesting perspective because there aren't a lot of people who are zero waste but then also not vegan. Um, Yeah, that's what I way around saying it, isn't it? Yeah. Um, But she's got some really great practical tips and she just lives in a small flat in London, I think. So she doesn't have like a massive garden to compost and all the rest of it. Um, There is a blogger and vlogger called Sustainably Vegan who also has an Instagram account called the low impact movement that's brilliant um b zero waste girl is amazing she lives in aruba and is an environmentalist um, she's fascinating andrea her name is b and the company is called b zero um i think it's a company her and her husband founded but she also has a ted talk which is great um trash is for tossers that's a great website, great resource. Although some of the... So Kate Arnell is based in the UK. So she's really great for resources that are UK-based. However, she is obviously based in London. So, um, And the thing I found hardest... So Laura's mentioned, is it even possible with supermarket shopping? Um, I think it's really hard... Because in America they have they have a lot of even in their supermarkets they have bulk aisles just as standard. Um London you have to go to specific places. But even where I was in West London, about a month before I left the UK uh the London what am I talking about? I'm talking absolute crap. There was a bulk food store that opened up literally just ten, fifteen minute walk from me. Um but it was super expensive and yeah, I actually didn't really like it there that much, but but I had that option available to me. And here in Brighton, there are a couple of places where I can get stuff from. So, but on the whole, I don't have a bulk option very close to me, as in like five minutes walk from me. So I don't go to the supermarket really ever, unless I am getting wine. Um, I, because I'm vegan, I obviously don't need to buy meat, but, um, I guess you could go to a butcher or go to the, you know, the deli aisles in the supermarket and just take your own containers. That's what Kate Arnell does. Um, and actually you can also just go there and get your cheese and things like that. We used to, when I used to eat dairy, we used to get our cheese from there from like the deli aisles in just in tesco or asda or whatever because they're cheaper <laughs> they're cheaper than getting the package stuff so but you could also ask them to put it in your packaging um and you can just take like little cloth bags or whatever you have or just tupperware if you've got it um so because but because i don't need to do that i have an able and cole box other boxes are available. You could also get a Riverford veg- vegetable box. Um, and and I asked them, I've asked them, I emailed them and said I don't want any plastic. So they, they've been pretty good. And they, because they normally, some things are in plastic, but they do recycle them. So you can leave your box out for them um, when they deliver the next one and they take it away and then reuse it. So that's what I do, and I tend to have, yeah, that veg box, which is £15 a week, Um, and then I just get, the, like, all of the, just, you know, little news agents that sometimes have a fruit and veg outside. They're always loose, so I just pick stuff up from there. Or um I go into Brighton and get pasta and things like that occasionally. Like, probably every other week something like that just and and i stick to the really obvious stuff like i don't i don't have things like chia seeds and you know i don't i follow a principle that Bea johnson set out in her book which was super super helpful um in kind of simplifying everything and she said just stick to one grain one legume one etc. etc. So then you're not ha- you don't have to have brown rice, basmati rice, alborio rice, wild rice. I mean, I don't I don't know if you would have that anyway. But so now I um, just one week I'll have rice, another week I'll have couscous. Um, or it kind of works out as every other week. So I don't have the pressure of stocking every single thing up. Um the other thing I have available to me is Charlotte's cupboard who deliver to my house every week if, if I need them to. But I mean it's not it's not a super expensive option either. So sometimes I can top up there for about ten quid and just get um things like sugar and flour, lentils. Um they also sell wild is it wild grey sage, is that what it's called? Wild sage. Something is really nice soap, but the soap is quite expensive. Um, Yeah, so that's that's what I do. Catherine Wood, how and this is Little Paper Swan. Um, how do you stay motivated with being self-employed? Some days I love every moment; other days I think getting a nine to five would be easier. Also, how do you find the juggle of motherhood and career? Anything you found that works well in particular? Um... I have to admit here that I have found... I found the first... Probably six months. No. First four, five months of motherhood to be just so easy. I found it to be so, so easy. I found it easy to work around her. I was super creative. Um, she napped a lot. Um, I didn't really find waking up in the night very difficult because we co-slept. So she just latched herself on when she was hungry and, and we both stayed asleep. Um I found from six months until probably a year to be to be really hard, or six months to about ten, six to ten months to be really really hard. And thereafter I decided not to juggle. So I personally if I'm at home with an ISO then I'm at home with her. I don't try and work around her naps. And she actually pretty much doesn't nap during the day at all anymore. And she might just be in some sort of weird phase or leap or something. But yeah, so, and then when she's at nursery, because she does go to nursery a few days a week, when she's at nursery, I work. But the other days, I don't at all I don't even attempt to because I just can't juggle the two at all and it makes me frustrated it makes her frustrated makes me feel doubly guilty um things that I found that work really well and I did write a blog post about it I think when I was at home with her a bit more I and before she was totally mobile this wouldn't work now but it it worked really well then I used to use the record function like the transcribing function in my notes app to record blog posts to like transcribe them basically. I mean they didn't come out perfectly, but I just when she was eating or she was playing, I would just sit in the corner have a cup of tea and just record um a blog post or at least the bones of a blog post that I found incredibly helpful. Um and I used to, and that's what kind of meant that I was able to keep up a schedule of posting every single week. I mean, I've missed probably two or three times in the entire time I've been blogging, um, and I've just stopped posting every week. I think last week I've decided I'm not posting anymore. So, like, I'll I'll do it ad hoc, but I don't really care to keep up with the schedule. But yeah, that I found really really helpful. And in terms of how do I stay motivated with being self-employed? In truth, just because it pays the bills, (laughs) I kind of have to stay motivated. Um, Yeah, that's not a very helpful answer. Sometimes there's stuff that I really don't want to do. But I know that if I don't do it, then I won't have money to pay for her nursery or to pay for any of my outgoings at the end of the month so yeah I just have to (laughs) but um definitely separating out the time that she's at home with me and having those clear boundaries that's really helped Ali Muir How do you keep going forward and not being distracted by all the fucking things? (laughs) Also, is it harder now or easier with your little lady because you already have traction now and an audience? So, ah, this is such a good question. How do I keep going forward and not being distracted by all the fucking things? That is such a good question because I battle with this weekly. When I first started blogging... I got distracted by everything and I didn't have any confidence in in myself at all and in what I wanted to write about and I didn't have confidence that what I could do could be done um, and I listened to all the noise and I listened to everybody telling me well that won't work that won't work you can't write about travel and beauty you can't write about travel and whatever you, you have to have a better niche blah 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 you should be on Facebook you shouldn't do this you blah 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 you know what it's like Um, and, and I've just, with experience and with my confidence growing and with, yeah, I think probably having a baby as well and, and not having the time, not having as much time to get distracted by things. I, yeah, I don't anymore, but I still, still sometimes it creeps into my head. Somebody asked me, um, it was Bex Bex Massey and I'm sure she asked a question that I haven't actually written down here anyway she asked me would I ever consider creating video and having a YouTube channel and I have to say I wouldn't um, even though I know that video content is really important and people really want to see video content it's just not something that I'm interested in creating um, and I yeah And but that still does kind of niggle at me sometimes when I think, "Hmm, should I, should I but no just no (laughs) and is it harder now or easier with your little lady because you already have traction now and an audience hmm I don't, it's really hard for me to say because I don't is it harder now or easier because I don't know any different I don't know but I think, you know, my audience really changed as well before and after having a baby. So even though I had an audience then, and technically the audience probably before I had a baby for my blog was bigger. Um, but they weren't the right people. They weren't actually really interested in me. So they almost uh, a pointless number, you know, they were just a vanity, a vanity metric. Um, yeah, so I think it's, yeah, I don't know how to answer that, (laughs) sorry, (laughs) but yeah, I think I'm going to have to edit this because I've answered this so badly, (laughs) and this is a question that I haven't written down who it was, so apologies, how do you stay motivated when your views are almost non-existent? I continue to write each week and I do enjoy it but Pinterest is where most of my views come from and I'm barely on Google's radar at all. <sighs> I think this person and I actually had kind of a back and forth chat um because one of the things that I always say and I and I talk about it at the start of my SEO course and the, because and it annoys people I think <laughs> although the chapter is actually very popular is why do you want that traffic? Why do you want the views that you want? Because, or the numbers that you want. There was a thread in my Facebook group this week and we were talking about numbers. And I said, what's your numbers goal? And I didn't specify what number I meant or what number I was looking for. And I wasn't looking for anything. But what was very interesting is that people either got a bit defensive or a bit cross or they, they said... I don't care about numbers, I don't care about my Instagram followers Um, or I I feel really stupid but I really want this number Um, I really want people interpreted it as followers or blog readers or newsletter subscribers or yeah, traffic and that was interesting because the numbers for me could be number of blog posts i want to produce each week or for me it's an income goal or a number of courses that i want to have sold or a number of times i want to post on instagram each week or number of days that i dedicate to myself and not to work or an ice or cleaning or or you, do you know what i mean or number of evenings that i want to go out with baby free with my husband like a month Um, And it's two, by the way, two a month. (laughs) We try to do, we get, probably manage about one a month, but we're pretty good at trying to book in those date nights. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I found that interesting. So I totally understand why you can become quite consumed with views and traffic. It's really, 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 really important to critically examine why you want the traffic. Because if you're striving for it just purely because you feel that once you get that number you'll feel happy, then you won't feel happy once you get it. You you might do, but you'll you'll want the next thing. And um, it's it's a vanity metric. But if you're like, I want to get to ten thousand on Instagram so that I can get the swipe up and I can start monetizing through Instagram with affiliate income. That's a really that's yeah that's like tangible and achievable goal well i don't know if it's achievable i suppose everything's achievable but that's what's going to keep that's what's going to keep you kind of motivated because you can then look at exactly what you need to do for that one specific goal it might be that you need to do an instagram course um or i don't know um drop some of your other social media so that you can just focus on that um Or it might be that you want more traffic to your website because you want to sell more courses, or you want to make affiliate income through selling, through the reviews that you have on your blog about um, buggies. I'm using like these random examples. (laughs) In that case, you can look at these things specifically. So if it's that you want to make more money from, Affiliate income through reviews of your buggy blog posts. Then you need specific traffic. You don't need just more traffic. You want um, either organic traffic, of course, from Google, or it doesn't matter that Pinterest is where most of your views are coming from if you're targeting it. In the buggy example, then maybe you join loads of kind of family um, Pinterest group boards. Um, mothering group boards so that the people that are coming to those are specifically looking for that thing or um you create a board um, and make it a group board for other people um that is about new baby products or the best baby products or whatever or maybe you start looking to promote your post through facebook groups for new mums i don't know it's about targeting it um so I think if you're losing motivation and you're feeling frustrated and lost especially when it comes to blog traffic then I would say get critical stop stop worrying about it stop looking at any noise um, or comparing yourself to anybody else and just get really really critical about what exactly it is that you want for your blog do you want to completely monetize it through affiliate income? And then keep drilling down and say, okay, well, what what kind of affiliate networks do I want to sign up to? Where do I want to be making that money? And just keep drilling down and drilling down until you get really specific and you can work out exactly what it is that you want. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how good a question that was. And in terms of your belly on Google's radar at all, do not worry. You need my SEO course for that. Um, the secret weapon in seo in my opinion that um most bloggers forget about is keyword research and i show you how to do all of that so next question is from ruth do you ever find it difficult covering so many different topics zero waste vegan online uh <laughs> vegan online zero waste vegan online business etc etc um no I don't. I find it difficult categorising what it is that I do, or I used to, but now I sort of don't care um, as much. But I don't find it difficult to cover all of that stuff because it's just... All it is is me and my interests. Um, I sometimes find it difficult, yeah, to categorise and to say what it is that I'm about. Or at least I used to. I think more and more my why is quite clear um and the themes that i cover the umbrella theme that, that strings all of those things together is no bullshit honesty and fuck the patriarchy <laughs> <laughs> and you can find me at lucy LouWorth everywhere but i mostly hang out on instagram You can find old episodes of What She Said over at lucylooprub.com where you'll also find me chatting about all things blogging, travel, vegan life and zero waste living too. Lastly, I know everybody asks this and it's a total pain in the ass but please think about leaving the show a rating and review. It makes a huge difference to getting the show out to new listeners and for every review you leave, I'll donate £2 to charity. So that's £1 for you and £1 from me. The chosen charity changes each month, so listen out for it in the intro each week. Thanks for listening.